weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They're waiting, waiting for you, now. in England. And there, on the evening of the 13th of May, begins our yarn about the devil's number. <laughs> the devil's number! <laughs> Serve coffee and liqueurs in the East Room, Peters. You'll be more comfortable there. Yes, sir. Permit me to lead the way, Mrs. Oliver. Certainly. What a wonderfully huge place you have here, Mr. Rockwell. Harry, don't you wish that our home had so many rooms that we'd be compelled to designate them by points of the compass? I'm not sure that I do when I think of Mr. Rockwell's yearly cost for upkeep. <laughs> when my original ancestor built the place in 1512, and other ancestors later enlarged it, they had a very poor regard for a 20th century descendant who'd have to bear its expense in depreciated currency. Here we are. Take this chair, Mrs. Oliver. Thank you. This house was built in 1512, you say? My, that's over 400 years ago. Yes, its lack of modern conveniences attests to that. You know, I'm offering you very poor hospitality in exchange for the jolly entertainment you afforded me at this time last year. Poor hospitality? After that dinner? Well, anyone can feed his friends. But you fed me in such a delightfully original manner. Original? Don't you remember? By a coincidence, today's day and date are precisely similar, except for the month. You were at my anti-superstition party. Yes, with 13 at table, and you compelled everyone to break a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and a spill saw. And to enter the dining room, we had to walk under a ladder. <laughs> of course you were at that mad affair. I shall never forget it. I've gone about knocking on wood ever since. <laughs> well, I'm only joking about being superstitious, of course. Although it's bred in my British bones. There's a coffee and a cure, sir. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, will there be something else now, Mr. Rockwell? Uh, not for the present. I'll ring if I want you. Uh, yes, sir. You know, it's a darn funny thing that we should visit your place for the first time on Friday the 13th, as you first visited us. The coincidence never occurred to me until you mentioned it. I thought of it when I drove you down from London. If we hadn't been detained in Liverpool, we'd have begun our visit yesterday, as we planned. <laughs> Perhaps the hoodoos I made you attempt last year arranged the coincidence. <laughs> I scarcely think the hoodoos will harm us after this long time. But perhaps we should light a bonfire to keep them at a distance. Light a bonfire? Yes. Evil spirits are afraid of fire. If you look out that window, you'll see several fires which my tenants have lighted for their protection. Your tenants? You mean modern English farmers believe seriously in the fortune of this day? Whether they believe seriously or not, they take no chances. Do you know the basis for its ill fame? Why? Because Friday was the day of crucifixion. Yes, when evil triumphed over good and the devil over God. Thirteen is the devil's number. 
because he was the chief of each convene of witches and wizards, which always numbered 12 in addition to himself. Now, you've been holding out on us, Bert. We never dreamed that you were an authority on folklore. Oh, dear me, I'm not. I'm only the merest dabbler. But it is an interesting subject, don't you think? Most interesting, particularly for today. Would you like to see a concrete example of the 13th superstition? A concrete example? Yes. But first, you must assure me that you're not at all squeamish. <laughs> not I. Then come this way. Oh, Peters. Peters? Yes, sir. Fetch me a lamp or a lantern, will you? Yes, sir. Now, I'm taking you to the unused portion of the house. Uh, are you sure you won't mind looking at human bones, Mrs. Oliver? Human bones? The very old ones. They've been in the house for nearly three centuries. You keep bones in the house? Well, they belong to an ancestor of mine. He was such a wicked old chap, the church wouldn't permit his remains to be buried in consecrated ground, so we had to find a resting place for them somewhere. Besides, he wanted them to be here. Here's a lantern, sir. Oh, thank you, Peters. You're, you're going into the old part, sir? That's where we're headed. Not to, towards the north tower, sir. Yes, to the crypt of old Eric. Oh, please don't go in there, sir. Uh, not tonight, uh, Mr. Rockwell. <laughs> if the old wizard starts any trouble, Peters, we'll shout and let uh, you know. But, Mr. Rockwell... Come along, you two, who want to learn about superstition. Uh, Mr. Rockwell, wait. Wait. Take this. Oh, must I carry that prodigious weapon with me? You've promised me you always will when you go in there, sir. Please. Oh, very well. I'll take it now. Come along. Open the door. Yes, sir. Give me your hand, dear. It's pretty dark in here. Yes. I'll leave the door open, sir, and stand here waiting, if you need me. All right, Peters. Your butler doesn't approve of this expedition, apparently. No, he doesn't like the North Tower and old Eric. Why did he insist you carry that huge revolver? Well, he always does when I visit the old part. He has it loaded with dum-dum bullets. Dum-dum? Yes, they're ordinary lead or steel-jacketed bullets crisscrossed with a knife across the nose to make them spread on impact. Someday I shall tell him that only silver bullets are of any use against ghosts. Ghosts? Or disciples of witchcraft. Now, what on earth are you taking us to see? Merely some old bones. Uh, watch your step. The floor's on very sound in here. There's no rubbish to fall over. Now, you're working up to some sort of a practical joke leading us into this darkness. Oh, upon my word, I'm not. No, 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 really. Although I do owe your wife some retaliation for having made me walk under ladders and break mirrors. I've never been in such a spooky place. Nor I. These old halls beat any haunted castle I've ever read about in books. The shadows cast upon them by Mr. Rockwell's bobbing lantern are giving me the shivers. Me too. You're getting your revenge for Judith's superstition party, Bert. <laughs> but tell us about this ancestor of yours whose bones we're going to see. Uh, wait till we reach his resting place. Tell will be more effective then. Ah, here we are. Uh, his remains were enclosed in that little iron chest. In the kitchen that wall? Yes. I'll open his tiny coffin. Oh. Here, you see all that is still earthly of Eric Rockwell, my many times great-grandfather who was burnt at the stake by order of King James I. For witchcraft. Burnt at the stake? For witchcraft, yes. Members of the family bribed the official executioners and were allowed to reclaim these bones from the ashes. They sifted so diligently that only the bones of a single foot escaped their pious search. Otherwise, the skeleton of the old scoundrel lies intact within this iron box. Why do you keep him here? Well, I've already explained that the church refused to allocate hallowed ground for his remnants. That Eric's bones were not consumed together with his flesh, 
was considered extremely unfortunate at the time, for it was commonly believed that they would enable him to live again. People believe such rot as that? People still believe it. Oh, wait till you hear all the story. Gather round me, my children, and listen. The old gentleman whose skull and assorted bones lie before us in these pretty shadows had great supernatural power. According to incontestable records, he was born in the year of 1514. He was executed in 1623. When he was over a hundred years old. When he was a hundred and nine years old. But when he was led to the stake, he didn't look a day over 40. Bert, are you making all this up? Not a word of it. However, let's hear the rest of Eric's history. At his trial, it was proven that he'd murdered no less than eight young girls. He'd murdered? Yes, for their blood, which he used as ingredients for a rejuvenating elixir, which enabled him to defy old age. Well, that's crazy. I know it is, but according to the records, it worked. But how? Well, that the judges didn't learn. Uh, they learned... He had lured young women to this house so that they might later become his victims, however. It seems he, in some way, managed to secure 13 drops of their blood, after which they became his slaves and did whatever he wished. 13 drops of blood? The devil's number. The number which makes people fear this day, even in a so-called enlightened age. After Eric had secured that small amount of blood, the girl would become his creature. Then... He would drain her arteries at leisure in his laboratory, which still exists as he left it. As a matter of fact, the old villain was probably merely a first-class hypnotist with a wide sadistic streak. But he makes a good story for Friday the 13th, doesn't he? Yes. But why do you keep his awful bones in your home? A matter of tradition. We Britons are governed always by that, you know. Uh, the old boy is said to have remarked before his death, that if his bones weren't collected and kept in Rockwell Manor, and that if his laboratory and implements weren't preserved intact, that the house would be destroyed. The foolish believe that he had a purpose in that command, some idea of resurrecting himself from the dead. Mad story, isn't it? Yeah. Now close that ghastly chest and let's go back to where it's light. I'm for that. I brought you here for a ghostly thrill. I've given myself the shivers. Don't close the chest yet. Hold that lantern so I can look. Judith, I never knew before that you possessed a morbid streak. I didn't either. But those bones, that grinning skull, they fascinate me. You're bearing out the legend, Mrs. Oliver. Old Eric was noted for fascinating women. But I'll close the test now, if you don't mind. I will go back. Yes, dear. I'm ready for another glass of burnt brandy. Wait. Wait, please. Let me close the chest. If you wish. Oh. Dear. But what's wrong? Oh, I cut my finger on that rusty iron. Hey, hold that lantern here, Bert. Oh, I see your, your finger's bleeding. Hey, I'll bind it with my handkerchief. Oh, don't bother. It's just a scratch. Uh, good Lord. What's the matter? Her blood has fallen on that skull. Well, why should that help those drops, Harry? I make 13. The devil's number. 13 drops of blood on the wizard's Cull. 
Honestly, Harry, if we hadn't known Mr. Rockwell for so long as the steadiest sort of person, I'd think he's a little mad. Quiet, dear. His room's next to ours. He might hear you. He certainly became upset about that blood, didn't he? His face was whiter than a sheet when we came out of that darkness into the lighted hall. And so was his butler's when he heard what had happened. It was strange, though, that you should cut your finger and that just 13 drops of blood should fall upon those bones after what Bert had told us. Yes. There were just 13 drops. Exactly. I counted them. They all fell on top of the skull, and it absorbed them like blotting paper. Coincidence, wasn't it? Yes. If there was any superstition in my makeup, I'd have been more shaky about it than Bert. Why? <laughs> Would you think my blood could restore the old wizard to life? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why did you want to close that closet, Judith? I don't know. Just a mood, I guess. Well, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. All right. I'd better remove the handkerchief you bound around my finger and wash it thoroughly before I take off my dress. I don't want blood stains on this new gown. No, I'll put some iodine on that cut. Harry. Huh? This is funny. What? There's no blood on either my finger or the handkerchief. No? Yet the cut was bleeding profusely when you bound it. Let's see. Look. That is funny. The wound seems to have closed after... after those 13 drops. Mm, evidently. Another coincidence, isn't it? The... Well, the cut's a tiny one. It's not remarkable that so little blood flowed from it. Harry, there's still another coincidence that I haven't mentioned to you. What do you mean? When... when I reached out to close the lid of that chest, it... it fell upon my hand before I touched it. Before you touched it? Yes, it... It seemed to leap at me. Now, look here, Judith. You're not letting Rockwell's story of that old sardest affect your good sense. You're not beginning to believe there's anything supernatural between this trifling accident? No, no, of course not. I'll take off my dress and we'll go to bed. We'd better. Bert's servants will be calling us for breakfast at seven. Look out this window. The farmers are still keeping their bonfires to drive the evil things away. Yeah, the idiots. For hundreds of years, they've believed the powers of hell are strong on this day of the devil's number. Dear, what's the matter with you? Oh, this huge spooky old house, I guess, and this old country. I'm being silly. Unhook my dress, dear. I should say you are being silly. Now, hold still. What's that? What? Outside in the hall. Listen. Sounds like footsteps. Footsteps of a lame man. Yes. It stopped outside our door. Well, I wonder who... Well, I haven't seen any lame servants about the place. Now the steps are passing on. Well, why should they have stopped here? I'm going to see. No, no. Don't open that door. Judith, let me go. Don't open that door. What's the matter with you? Those steps came from where we saw that chest of bones from which a foot is missing. Harry! Harry, let me in. Bert! Open the door. I'm going to talk to you quickly. Why, what's wrong? Did you hear footsteps in this hall? Yes. They stopped outside this door and then went on. I didn't imagine it, then I didn't. Oh, what's wrong with you? Wasn't it one of your servants out there? Anything with a single foot? Did it sound to you like a living human? No, no. No, it didn't. Have you both gone crazy? I think I have. For ever since your wife's blood fell on those ghastly bones, I've been like a timid child in the dark. And since those footsteps came and went, I'm frankly terrified. Sure. Don't call me a fool, a coward, a man, I can't help it. I've got to see what is walking in this hall. Bert, come back here. He's running towards that tower. Your man's out of his mind. You've got to stop him. It was from there those footsteps came. Oh, the footsteps won't hurt him, but he's liable to fall through a hole in those rotten floors without a light. I'll get him. Harry, don't leave me. Nothing's going to hurt you. Call the servants. 
Tell him to bring lanterns. I'll never be able to find Bert in this infernal blackness. Bert! Bert! Yes! Yes! Uncle! Uncle! Peter! Peter! Come here, quick! Don't scream. Gaze into my eyes and obey whatever I tell thee. You, you have no eyes. I see only a grinning skull, an awful skeleton that walks. You will see what my will demands. You will see the man I was in life. You, you are a man. I see that now. A man who wears a strange, ancient clothes. A man who has lost a foot. <laughs> Thou shalt act as my will demands. Thou shalt help me to become indeed a living man, you see. No. Yes. No. For the devil my master hath given thee to me. Come. Come, I leave. Ye follow. I follow. Follow me. And learn my master's power. Follow me. And learn the magic of thirteen drops of blood. <laughs> Those bones are missing from their chest, Harry. They're gone. They're gone. Someone's playing a practical joke. Those bones are gone because the legend's true. Because your wife's blood has brought that monster back to life. Oh, stop that, or you'll make me as crazy as you are. Now, leave me out of this darkness. I've got to see Judy. I've got to know that she's all right. Wait, did you hear that? What? I heard a door close. Back in the old North Tower. Why, I thought I did, too. That's where Eric had his laboratory, where he went to steal their magic. Well, if we did hear a door, I'll not believe a dead hand closed it. What a fool I was to leave Judy. Oh, she'll be all right. Don't pay any heed to my imbecile hysteria, old man. Go on, here's the passage that leads to the lighted hall. You can see your door from here. Yeah, it's standing open where I left it. Judith probably has the servants with her now. Judith! Judy, dear! I found Bert and brought him back. Judith, why don't you answer me? Judith! Judith! She's not here. The room's empty. Good Lord! What are you staring at, Bert? What? Look, impressed in this carpet. It's... This is the footprint of a skeleton of a single bony foot. That door we heard closed. Judith! Quick to the tower, man! The tower! Come, come. Come, we have little time to waste, my dear. Soon thy husband and the present master of this house will know thy absence and seek thee in this laboratory. But there is time enough. <laughs> there is time enough for that which thou wilt do. What must I do? First, first thou must prepare an altar to my master. <laughs> for fear of the curse, they have left this chamber quite unchanged. In the scroll work of yonder, bridge on the road, thou wilt find a carven serpent. Go, press, press its head. I press. Yes. A pillar opens. Put thy hand inside and draw forth two black candles. Black. <laughs> black for the worship of my master. Now, place, place them here. Place them here. They are placed. Now, now from the sacred cupboard, take the tinder box and light them. Oh, my hands. Oh, Satan. They're still useless for thy work. They are hands of the dead. And have no strength, no power. But thou hast restored my will, hast 
given me the means for my hands. Soon, by her death, <laughs> thou shalt give me back my life, old Satan. The candles are lighted. Bring forth yon earthen basin now, and the flask, the flask that lies beside it. <laughs> Unstop the flask and pour its contents in the bowl. It's the holy oil of hell. <laughs> oil from fat of newborn babes. <laughs> now, place it here. Place it here between the candles. Now, now from the cupboard, take yon keen-edged knife, and with it in thy hand, recline upon the altar. Now, thou art to be the sacrifice. <laughs> Why, thy husband comes, but he will be too late. Hey, the door's locked. Why wouldn't I do it? Don't do me. I'm not. Hide thou on the altar. I do as you command. I heard a voice. She's in there. The clock. The dead is in there, too. The dead shall soon be alive. Warm blood shall enter his bones and the flesh again. Raise thy knife, woman, and strike it to thy heart. Oh, 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 raise not his voice. Obey it, sir. Obey oh, me. Listen to me. <laughs> now, strike. Strike that knife into your heart, I say. No, no. It's all getting heavy. Come on, quick, quick, quick. Use that knife that I may have my blood. Don't strike. Strike. Oh, don't, don't, never. Strike. Strike. Devil in hell, my master. Satan, Satan, lend power to my long dead will. By the thirteen drops of blood thou didst give me from this woman, make her give me all the flame within her veins. No. Oh, oh, whatever I call on hell. Strike, woman. Strike. Strike. I dumb bullets in that pistol were made by cutting a cross upon the notebook. A cross? Yes, a cross. The sign of heaven. We must get out of here and rouse the servants. 
Those flames can't be stopped now. And soon this house will fall as old Eric prophesied. Wait. Listen. The clock is striking. Midnight. The devil's day is over. Friday the 13th when it comes your way. 